Hello, everybody. This is Juan Carlos, and welcome to OCR Unedited, where we highlight amazing coaches, athletes, and everyday people from the OCR and trail communities for unscripted and unedited conversations. Today, I have the honor of speaking with a tremendous OCR athlete who I greatly admire and know that most of our listeners and viewers do as well. Uh, Ryan Atkins, probably one of the most famous OCR athletes, in my opinion. Um, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to speak with me today, Ryan. How are you? Yeah, thanks so much. Uh, I'm doing really good. Uh, I'm tired. Uh, I did like a three-hour run earlier today, and um, legs are legs are feeling it, but I'm psyched to be on the show. So thank oh, you. buddy, thank you so much. So listen, let's just get right down to it. Everybody's interested in knowing who is Ryan Atkins. So why don't you introduce yourself? Who is Ryan Atkins? Um, yeah, my name's Ryan Atkins. Uh, I'm thirty. <laughs> Two years old and I'm from uh, Ottawa Canada originally and now I'm living in <clears throat> sorry now I'm living in Sutton Quebec um, but actually right now I am down in uh, Keene New York uh, in the Adirondack Mountains down here um, we had to cross the border for the Spartan Games which was about a, a week ago and yep. um, and then we're staying here and we're leaving uh, in about another three or four days to go to the Azores for the Spart uh sorry not Spartan Solomon Golden Trail Championships, the trail running race, uh which is gonna be really cool. Um yeah, and Canada's got crazy quarantine rules, so we would have had to quarantine for two weeks when we got back home and um and then fly to the Azores and then quarantine again when we came back. So we just figured we would stay in the US and leave from here. So maybe Oh wow. Yeah. So, Ryan, how did you get started in athletics? Um, I guess I've been kind of in athletics my entire life. Uh, when I was younger, uh, I played hockey and basketball and sports like that, soccer. And um, soccer. and then wow. when I was uh, about 11 or 12, um, I got to participate in a mountain bike camp which is really cool. And that was like kind of my first taste of outdoor sports, uh, endurance yeah. sports, things like that. And actually um, I loved it, but I was more into the technical side of things. I wasn't so much into going up hills and breathing hard. I was more into like going down really steep trails and jumping off things and doing that yeah. sort of stuff, which is kind of funny because like it totally, the script totally flipped and now I love endurance side of things. Um, but yeah, after that, in high school, I did wrestling, rugby, and football, um, so like more power sports, I guess, and I also did a lot of unicycling, so I did trials in mountain unicycling, um, which was just a ton of fun, and after after that, I started racing mountain bikes, uh, did that for a few years, started doing ultra running, and then eventually found OCR, so yeah, kind of done um, a ton of different Everything. sports, I guess, over the, year, <laughs> over the years, but yeah, super fun journey to get to where I am today. So, I mean, I started out uh, playing soccer, came here, played in college, at Humber College. Then I went to Seneca, played there. Yeah. And a lot of the athletes, a lot of the athletes, whether it be in Canada and the U.S., a lot of them started playing um, soccer first and then transitioned into OCR. I see that you, and you played soccer as well. And yeah. I also wrestled. <laughs> oh, no way. How, cool. how was that experience for you? Uh, I really liked wrestling. Um, I think it was like one of the most intense, like high intensity things I've ever done. 
um, from an athletic perspective. Uh, it's just so like you're using so much musculature and like you're going so hard <laughs> for just such a short amount of time. Yeah. And I really love like the intensity of it. Um, I only wrestled in grade 10, 11, 12. So for three years and a lot of the people I was wrestling with had been kind of wrestling, you know, since they were yeah. young and it's such a technique, technique, uh, driven sport. Um, but yeah, I did pretty well. I think I was fourth in Asa, uh, one year. Look at you. Wow. From my weight, weight class. And, um, and yeah, I had a lot the, of fun with wrestling. The things you learned, man, I never knew that about you. Wow. Yeah. So when, when did you discover OCR and what was it that got you hooked? Um, I discovered OCR, I think it would have been 2012 around there, 2000, yeah, something like that. And uh, it was a race in Kitchener um, called the Badass Dash. And it was uh, just a 5K OCR. Yeah. And a friend, I was mountain bike racing at the time, and a friend of mine who puts on mountain bike races, a uh, buddy of mine, he said, Ryan, I think you'd be really good at this. Uh, so I showed up and I tried the race and I won it. And um, of course you did. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I guess I am good at this. And then the next race, I think, was World's Toughest Mudder after that. And I just thought it was like, sounded like such a cool race. Like, there's something about like the toughest or like the hardest or, you know, those like names that really gets me or, you know, got me excited. And, um, so I really wanted to do World's Toughest Mudder, and I did that in 2013, I think, was my first year. Yeah. And did 100 miles there and won that race. And then, yeah, from there, it's just kind of like, I guess, snowballed into more and more racing. Yeah. So as uh, we were talking before we got started, and I thought, you know what, this needs to be recorded. So I'm wearing this shirt here, Battle Frog, for a reason, because this is where I first uh, yeah. saw you. I didn't know you. That's, you know, I always tell the story. Jesse Bruce is the one that introduced me to OCR back in 2000. Freaking, I don't even know. So, and, and then I got hooked doing it. I think I did a, a Spartan race and yeah, I, I got hooked. And so I did, um, another Jesse mentioned doing it. He, he was going to go do Battle Frog. And I said, you know what? I'll join you, buddy. I'll go do it. Yeah. I was winning about 200 pounds. I was having walking down with, uh, with my wife uh yeah i saw you changing because you used to drive i think it was a honda station uh, not a, a hutchback yeah you would always change and i saw this numerous times and i didn't know who you were but you were that one person that would always change in the back of the car and you see clothes and your medals <laughs> <laughs> and then you would just get ready and go run <laughs> i yeah, remember totally <laughs> yeah do you do you still have that car no, no. Uh, actually, Lindsay crashed that car. It got written off, unfortunately. But um, it was a good car, yeah. I remember I was behind you. So I, uh, I, I got in line. We, we all got in the starting line because we were about to go. And then here you walk in at Battle Frog, and you just walk right to the front of the line, right up there. You know, the, best, the, the whistle goes. Everybody takes off. I think I got to my first obstacle. <laughs> you were already done. <laughs> nice. but yeah, those are some great memories that i have of when i first saw you and i heard of you and then just to see you up to now present i mean everything you've accomplished buddy it's remarkable what you've done well 
Well, thank you very much. Yeah, those uh, those Battle Frog races were a lot of fun. I'm really it's too bad they didn't uh, they didn't stick around, but yeah, they were I great. know. <laughs> It's one of the best races, and the level of difficulty with the obstacles is like none other. Ah, oh, I truly miss it. Um, do you remember your first OCR race, and how did that go? Oh, you never mind. You already told us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can tell you a bit more. Um, yeah, it was called the Badass Dash, and it was in Kitchener, Ontario, and uh, it was 5K, and I remember it went like up a ski hill. There were pretty easy obstacles um, in hindsight, but like some pretty cool ones. I think there was like a water slide. There's one obstacle where you had to run through and there's people on either side who are just throwing dodgeballs at you and you like ran the gauntlet. So like that's an <laughs> obstacle I've never seen <laughs> since then. But pretty cool. Um, this is not the same place where yeah, they have rugged so, maniac. Um, yeah, it might be. It's a ski yeah. course. Um, yeah, at the ski at the ski hill there. Yeah. I forget what it's called, but uh, yeah. So I finished, and so so if you won this race, they had an ATV as like the prize, um, like a brand new, like really nice ATV, and so it was like a pretty awesome prize. So obviously I wanted to win it, and um, wow, I crossed. So they, but they did two different heats. They did like the first heat uh, went out, and then like five or ten minutes later, the second heat went out. And so I won my heat, but I didn't know if I had won, like, the fastest time overall. And the guy who won the second heat crossed the finish line, and he, like, celebrated and stuff like that. And I was standing over at the results page, and I was, like, so, like, talking to the guy, like, on the computer. I was, like, so who's, who's got the fastest time? And he was, like, uh, some guy named Ryan Atkins. <laughs> <laughs> so then I just, like, kind of walked off with my got changed and stuff and then um so yeah that was pretty cool uh but yeah it was a fun race oh buddy you know if i was to mention all your races i mean we would never we would never be done with this uh with this episode like i mean it would just go on and on for hours and hours and so um has moving to quebec and living in the mountains uh had an impact on your training if so how um well, yeah, it definitely has. Uh, just having access to bigger hills, more trails, more terrain um, has been awesome. It makes the training a lot more uh, exciting and a lot more variable. Like we used to have to drive like two hours to go to Blue Mountain to do uh, hill repeats. And the hills there are only, you know, about seven minutes long. And yeah. um, we can drive five minutes now to Sutton and do, you know, climbs that take us 20 minutes. 25 minutes to get to the top um, going all out. So it's like, yeah, it's just having like a totally awesome place to train. And, uh, and the other thing is there's a lot of really active people um, in Quebec. I find like the French culture, just, they just love being outside and they love hiking and running yeah. and mountain biking and stuff. So it's really, it's a lot easier to find people to train with um, where we live now versus where we lived before. Um, so I think it's helped my training, but we haven't really been able to race much this year, so it's kind of hard to say. But, um, like, my fitness is really good, and um, oh yes, <laughs> I'm like <laughs> I'm like pretty happy there, and uh, yeah, it's been great. So we're, um, I think both Lindsay and I are pretty happy about the move. 
I know you guys are very lucky. I mean, uh, you post a lot. You both post a lot of the mountains and just the, being outdoors and everything that you're doing from cycling, running, and so much more. I mean, it must be pretty awesome to have that that landscape around you and be able to use it and utilize it and train and so that way you can be better. Like you guys are lucky because I'm in the city. I don't get that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh. It's hard being in the city. Um, you can like make do and I, <coughs> sorry, excuse me. Um, and like, I definitely did make do for years. I was never living, like when I was competing, I was never living in a city, but I was living in places that didn't have any hills or didn't have much access to trails or uh, outside. And like, you can get by and you can like do it, but it's so much harder because you have to do like hundreds of squats to like simulate hills or you have to like run on a treadmill or you have to, you know, do just laps of like the same things over and over and over again. So like that it's is doable, true. but it's just like, it's just mentally hard and it's mentally hard to do for a long time because like, I think if you're just doing it for a season or two, it's like, you're just really motivated. So it's uh, a bit easier, but after like, after a couple of years of it, I think um, it just becomes tougher. Yeah, no, you're so right. I mean, I got to get out. I got to go to Sutton. <laughs> <laughs> gotta go to Stoneham or Owl's Head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so Owl's Owl's Head's about forty minutes from where we live now. So I like I'll ride my bike there and like go for a run and stuff. So, so. you must be lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Owl's Head's it's a great hill. I've actually never raced there. I've never done the Spartan race at Owl's Head. Um, no, which is too bad. But uh, I love the trails there and i love running there so i'm like kicking myself for never having raced there because it looks awesome so hopefully hopefully spartan does another race there and i can like go back. i do hope so yeah actually when i was there the other day i saw like in the woods there was like spartan like arrows like in the woods <laughs> and i was like oh look at that it was like a spartan i think it was a beast arrow sign yeah go do a virtual race <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> <laughs> so now what does your training look like now um so yeah i mean the last like before the spartan games we were basically preparing for the spartan games um we knew about them for about three weeks before the event so a lot of uh but we didn't know a lot of details about the event we knew that there would be a trail run and an obstacle race and a deck of fit and a swim and a mountain bike so those are all the things we knew and um so that's what we were doing. We were doing typical OCR training with a bit more like uh, strength thrown in for all the like decafit type exercises. And then um, I was, had to learn how to like swim outside um, a lot better. So we were swimming like two or three times a week and then wow. just running. Um, and so now after Spartan Games, we're doing this race in the Azores. And so now it's like mostly running, um, I guess running like five days a week and then biking like you know, three, three, four times a week. And then some strength. I always try to keep up with a bit of strength. But um, for me, strength is like not a big thing because I'm like normally strong enough to do the obstacles just like without really training for them that much. So any strength that I do just like takes away from, you know, running or cycling. So, but I really do like doing strength, which is a problem. Um, so, yeah, I try to just do it, like, you know, maybe twice a week. That is so awesome. Now, <laughs> Spartan Games, that's going to air, um, I believe, in winter. 
Yeah, I think they said in December. Oh, so is there anything other than you just what you just told us? Is there anything else that you that you can share with us, or do um, we need to wait till winter? <laughs> I can't say how we did or how the events went. I know, um, but yeah, it was awesome. There's ten events over four days. We were in Pittsfield on Joe's farm. Um, they tried to bring some like endurance-based athletes, some strength-based athletes, and some people like kind of in between. And uh, yeah, everybody had to do all the events, and it was really cool. It was really, uh, it was an awesome format, and it was really like neat seeing how all the different athletes like took on the challenges and kind of stepped out of their comfort zones. I think my favorite uh, part was like so when they announced an event. If it was like a strength event, all the endurance athletes would complain about it and say like, oh, the weights are too heavy or like blah, blah, blah. And if it was like an endurance event, all the, uh, all the like strength athletes, all the crossfitters would be like, oh, that's too long. We can't run that long. Like blah, 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 blah. So um, when I heard, when I heard that, I was like, well, I guess if they're doing, if like that's what happened, I guess they did a good job in like yeah. in making, you know, in des- designing the events. Um, during races, a lot of athletes get in their own heads. What is your approach to mental training? Uh, what do you think about during races? And do you ever get down on yourself? And how do you combat it? Uh-oh. I think he froze on me. <sighs> yep, he froze on me. I'm going to give him, let's give him a few seconds here. He'll come back. He'll come back. He'll come back, everybody. So I hope everybody's enjoying themselves, uh, getting to know uh, Ryan Atkins. Um, Unfortunately, right now, the image just froze, but he'll be back. And we can continue on getting to know him. Ah, and he logged out. You know what? He'll be back. Just going to give him a few. He'll be logged. He's going to log back in. You know, it'd be nice if I had, um, if this was live and I'm able to ask you guys questions that you can ask me that you want oh. to know from him. And he's back. <clears throat> Sorry about that. It's okay. I know you needed to get a refreshment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So wait, <laughs> what were you talking about? So during races, uh, people, oh, yeah. athletes tend to get on their own heads. And now what is your approach to mental training? And do you, like, what do you think about during races? And do you ever get down on yourself and uh, what? How do you manage it? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, when things are going well, it's easy. You're like, yay, this is so great. I feel good. <laughs> I'm winning. Or, you know, I'm, I'm, like, running really well. Or I feel wonderful. Um, but when things start going poorly, uh, I just start trying to focus on what I can control. And, like, um, so, like, for instance, if I find, like, I'm running really badly or I'm running slower than I want to be I will say I'll think like okay well like I need to go through the obstacles better than ever in order to like make up time or I need to carry really well or I need to run the downhills like really fast and really attack them um and so I just like always I guess I'm really analytical when I'm racing and I'm just always trying to like figure out how I can like turn a negative situation into a positive I guess because yeah. I'm like, oh, if I'm not running uphill as fast, that means I'm going to have more energy to, like, run downhill faster or, like, <clears throat> I can yeah. use that somewhere else. Um, and then, 
like if uh, I don't really ever get like down. I guess when things like that happen, I just um, try to look around myself and remind myself that like I'm really lucky to to like be outside and to be running and to be pushing myself and to be doing yeah. something that I love to do. And uh, I find if I'm like in that mindset, that um, it's pretty hard to like be negative. Um, and then also I'm just like I want to get the most out of my body. Like I want to have the best performance I can today uh on the day so if that means it's only you know 90 percent of what i could do if i was like you know perfectly peaked or having a really good day i want to get i still want to get that 90 percent. i still want to i don't ever want to just like kind of mail it in and just give up because um a lot a lot of times in races uh when you do that like when you're having bad days or um you're having a bad race if you just like stick with it and keep pushing and keep pushing, and keep pushing. Um, like things turn around, people make mistakes, other people start slowing down, things happen. Um, so I've had a lot of races that have started out really poor <clears throat> or feeling bad and then turned out well. So, Yeah, of course. Has an injury ever put your training or season on hold and how did you get through that? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I've dealt with a lot of like small injuries over the years, I guess. Last year, I had Achilles tendonitis um, in one of my Achilles, obviously, and that kind of made it so I couldn't like couldn't run fast or like things like that. So I just rehabbed it, took time off, and did what I could do, which was like more cycling and more um, like I think I could run flat, but not uphill and things like that. And I could you. fast, so um, yeah, I just did what I could do and rehabbed and kind of worked through it i guess um but yeah that was not a great injury um this year yeah, I, I wouldn't think ankle. so i sprained my ankle pretty bad in uh like march or april um like a uh, a piece of ice collapsed under oh. my foot and underneath the ice there was a root so i like didn't see it and when the ice collapsed, my foot like landed on the root and it just like rolled my ankle really badly. Um, but you're okay now. Like, yeah, I'm okay now, but I've kind of re-injured my ankle a few times, just, just like lightly, not like full on sprains. But um, yeah, super sucky. Uh, but I mean, injuries are a part of being an athlete and a part of competing. And um, I think I just like do what I can do. And when I'm injured and like, take all the steps I can to try to, you know, fix that injury um, and work from there. Wow, man. But it's good to hear that you are, uh, that you are well. So <laughs> let me touch on recovery. Like when do you know you got to take a step back when you've been pushing too hard, training very hard? Like how, what does your recovery tend to look like? Yeah. So when I'm like, well, if I, I kind of get a pretty good idea of if I'm pushing too hard, uh, I get like signs that tell me I need to back off. Like if my heart rate isn't going up very well, like if, if I can't get my heart rate above like 155, it's a pretty good sign to me that I'm, uh, I'm tired. Um, if I just feel like, if I'm like really lazy, if I'm like, <laughs> it's funny to say, but <clears throat> normally I'm excited to go run or bike or <clears throat> get out the door and do stuff. But if I find like, it's taking me longer and longer to like get out the door. That's a pretty good sign that I'm like 
pushing into that fatigue zone. And it's okay to be fatigued and you actually need to be fatigued and you need to like kind of push into that zone, but you can't push into that zone too long and too far um, without like taking a break. So when I'm like, when I'm in those like fatigue zones and I'm starting to, the difference, they call it overreaching and then they call it overtraining and overtraining is like a lot worse than overreaching. So when I'm in that overreaching phase and uh, you know, I'm noticing that my heart rate not going up or I'm not as quick as I want to be or um, things like that. Then unless I have like a really specific plan that I want to be overreaching, I'll just back it off. And sometimes I do, sometimes I do want to be in that overreaching phase for like, you know, a couple days uh, before backing it off. Like when I was training for the Spartan games, I would uh, go out and I would do like three or four back-to-back hard days to try to simulate what I'd be like experiencing at the games. And like by the, by the third and fourth, like hard day of like training long and really hard each day, like you feel bad, you're not motivated, you're, you know, you're tired, you're sore, but like I knew it was for a purpose and I knew the next day I was going to like take a few days off and like take a few really easy days. So it's a lot, um, it's a lot easier when you do that. And like, I guess another thing to mention is I have a lot of like tests for myself um whether it's like running up the mountain or like running on the flats or like whatever it is um and if i'm thinking i'm if i think i'm tired or i think i'm like losing fitness or things like that i'll just do one of these tests and kind of check in with myself and a lot of times i'll think like maybe i'm maybe i'm overreaching maybe i'm like too tired and then i'll do a test and it'll go really well and i'll be okay maybe not maybe i'm just you know maybe that's just the way things are or maybe i'll do a test and it'll go poorly and i'll go yep i was right and kind of back it off so my training is really like fluid and feedback based i guess i'm always like checking and rechecking things like that because like there's so many factors like i said the other day to my friend like humans aren't we're not robots you don't like put in this much gasoline and this much you know air and get that horsepower like we're really complex biological beings with like brains and emotions and like so many things going on in our lives outside of just running up hills and you know training that like if you try to distill it down to just like the same training plan over and over that like everyone does um it makes sense that at certain at a certain time it's going to stop working or it's not going to work as well or that's right something that works for one person might not work for another um, exactly so yeah, yeah. I exactly i true i'm a true <laughs> believer of that yeah uh, hey by the way i told you yeah your cat made an appearance <laughs> jesus murphy <laughs> there's nothing i can do you know what i mean it's just just roll with the punches i guess yeah um can you share some of your most memorable moments from your race career I mean, I know you got a lot. Yeah. Um, but, but which one stands out? I think the first time I won World Toughest Mudder, um, that was, like, really memorable to me. Um, and then I think last year in Tahoe, uh, coming second, that really meant a lot to me because I had just finished Eco Challenge, like, 10 days before, and I really thought that that race was, like, a write-off for me. And that race started really poorly for me. I was in like 15th place and just felt like 
terrible and I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing and I kept like believing and then I finished second and um I was, it was like, remarkable. I was closing on Robert Killian at the end. He was thirty seconds or less ahead of me and if we had had like one more obstacle or one more mile I think I would have I would have probably gotten him. So that was like a really I was just really proud of myself for that performance and for like being able to put those two events together, I guess. Uh, what what Canadian isn't proud of you, and <laughs> and hasn't seen you on the big stage and compete and like you said you be far back and all of a sudden here you are, uh, as we're all cheering for you whether it be there live or on TV and we're all just you know with our hands and fists in the air just screaming and hoping that you make it and all of a sudden you're top three. And it's, you know, there's been many moments like that for you. And you, you've been like, I, I'm not going to say it's luck. Y- your athleticism is like, like none other. And to be a Canadian and to be able to represent on the big stage, that must be pretty amazing for you. Like, yeah. do you find that to be still surreal? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I never really thought like, I was special or you know anything like that and I just like but I just wanted to be the best that I could be and I just so I just kind of like kept going after that and kept training and kept you know with that goal in sight and um and yeah so like it's definitely surreal and it's really crazy to like think about that and um yeah and to kind of be you know one of the top um in the sport oh you definitely are (laughs) (laughs) You definitely are. And, you know, ever since I started this podcast, and I've been lucky enough to um, have some amazing talent come in here, some great names in the OCR game, whether it be in Spain, like Albert Soleil, who you're you're a fan of, um, athletes here in Canada um, and in the U.S., and they all bring up your name and Lindsay's and you guys are just and the way and how highly they speak of you guys especially with you um and how you inspire not only athletes here in canada but also in the u.s and now worldwide i've been doing a lot of athletes especially spanish-speaking athletes in spain like albert soleil like you know and a few and a number of other athletes there and it still amazes me that in my own language that people bring up your name. These are athletes, you know, that are in Europe and they speak highly of you. Like that must be amazing. And to me, that's great because he, I mean, he's a Canadian athlete. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's definitely very humbling to, uh, to like to hear that and to know that like, yeah, people in different countries and um, around the world are, you know, talking about me and Lindsay like that. So, Thank you. Yeah, I mean, that's just amazing. Um, you always seem to be up to something different, always. Um, jumping into challenges uh, that come your way, um, if, or so it would seem. Do you have anything planned that you would like to share? Um, not really. I mean, <laughs> the problem with... <laughs> I I did have things planned this winter, and they're all, like, getting they're all up in the air now with COVID and with travel and with um, lockdowns and stuff like that. I wanted to do something up North, um, like a big kind of expedition type thing. And I wanted to do another bike ride and I want to do some other stuff like that, but I don't know 
when we'll be allowed to travel or um, what the state will be like. So yeah, I would say otherwise, but yeah, it's kind of crazy. So yeah, just the, uh, the race in the Azores like next week and, and then Christmas, I guess. <laughs> um, so you're, you're aware that Spartan, uh, um, Spartan race uh, or the organization is uh, planning on having a winter race here in Canada, and in the and so there was a, like a voting uh, questionnaire that went out to everybody here in Canada as to you know vote if you want your province to win. Where do you see that winter race going to? I mean, uh, I I kind of think already. I think a lot of us do know where it's gonna go. Um, I say yeah, Quebec. I where do you think in Quebec? I, I, I want it to be in Ontario, but <laughs> I don't see it happening. Yeah, there's such a strong kind of Spartan community in Quebec. Um, yeah. I could definitely see it happening in Quebec. Maybe maybe Owlhead would be amazing. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Would you Would you participate? Oh, for sure. Oh, I mean, it's 100%. so close to home. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, think, um, I think Lindsay and I are pretty like, yeah, we're where we miss competing so like we would go <laughs> <laughs> what can we expect from you when the season starts next year uh, hopefully it does uh, what are your goals ryan um i haven't even thought about that actually um <laughs> i wish i could tell you otherwise this year has been such a wash that i'm kind of like I, i'm still waiting for like this year to happen i guess that's not gonna happen but um yeah i think uh, I would probably race the national series again, um, like the U.S. and the Canada national series. I was really excited to do the Canadian national series, and then yeah, me too. It got canceled. Um, but yeah, I would do that, and then maybe some other races, some other kind of challenges and events. See what happens. Is there anything uh, else that you would like to mention? Um, I don't think so. Yeah. Any shoutouts? I think we've gotten pretty pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Any uh, any shout outs to anybody sponsors? <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Well, first shout out to my wife Lindsay, um, who's always yeah. kind of there, helping me and supporting me. And then yeah, all my sponsors. I'm Riverbend. I'm wearing a shirt. Um, my biggest sponsor is Human, uh, who makes Beat Elite. They've been awesome to work with, and they've uh, they're always kind of like coming up with new stuff. So really happy to be with them and uh vj shoes uh of course yeah everyone knows vj shoes i was just i was running today and i was literally running through a river for like three hours and i was just like oh my goodness these like what would i do without these shoes because like yeah. there's people just falling all over the place and i was totally fine so yeah vj shoes athletic athletic brewing another sponsor of mine um yeah and craft craft is uh yeah been helping me out with clothes and stuff before we finish let me ask you uh, a couple of things um do you have any words of encouragement for those that are uh participants that want to come into our sport of ocr and those that are already in that you know want to move up to and compete at a higher level what would you say to them <clears throat> yeah um for anyone who's thinking about trying an ocr i would say just do it and obviously that's easier said than done right now because there's no races happening, but um, you don't really like, you don't really know what you're going to be good at or what you're going to be bad at or where you could improve until you race. And so yeah. um, the biggest step is just planning up and racing. 
and kind of seeing what happens. Maybe you'll be better at the obstacles than you thought. And then my my biggest advice from there would be like the same as anybody who's already racing and to look at the course, look at what kind of course they want to do. Do you want to like be good at like mountainous super courses or do you want to be um, a flat sprint specialist or like, what do you want to do and <clears throat> go through and see where your biggest improvement can be. For most people that's running, um, getting faster on the run will have the biggest kind of payback. But for some people, it could be the obstacles. If you're coming from like a running background and you're really fast uh, at running, then maybe working on the obstacles, working at getting faster through the obstacles. Um, so yeah, I would just kind of separate all the course into, you know, different components and go through and see, well, if I spend half my time working on running uphill and half my time working on the obstacles, will that be my best use of time? Or should I spend, you know, 80% of my time running in the mountains and 20% of the time getting better at doing obstacles or, you know, whatever it is. Um, Cause yeah, I think everybody's a bit different because we're all coming from different backgrounds and we all have different strengths and weaknesses. So, yeah. And the last question before we finish here, do you listen to music when, uh, when you trail run or you cycle? Um, I do sometimes probably like, maybe 20% of the time. If so, what's on your iPod? What do you listen to? <laughs> oh, I don't even know anymore. I just Because like, <laughs> now that there's like Spotify and all those things, I just like, I'm like, oh, what do I feel like? Like, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I just all right. Like a, random, a random playlist and kind of go, go from there. But um, I mean, I really like Fleetwood Mac. Um, I really like... What? Um, who else do I like? Uh, I like some hip hop, but not all. Like maybe like a bit older hip hop. Like okay, uh, the old school. Okay, I see. Yeah, like Tribe or. Um, wow. Uh, Tribe, eh? Yeah, kind, yeah, kind of all, kind of all over the place, but like, <laughs> but I think there's really good music in like every genre and every like era. Like, there's yeah. Like awesome, there's like every now and again I'll hear like a new song and it'll just be awesome and I'll be like, oh, I need to hear that again. <laughs> but um. But yeah, I definitely have like uh, a selection of like things that I like, but it's it's all over the place. Oh, Ryan, you know what, buddy? It, 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 it's been such a pleasure speaking with you today. I mean, I learned so much, truly inspired by you. And I know a lot of us are. Um, I wish you the very best in your training and hopefully that we get to see you and Lindsay Alter in a new year. Um, the season starts, see you at the starting line running and just doing well and winning. See yeah, you on the podium. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been fun. Um, for everybody listening, uh, I hope you guys learned as much as I have and you're all inspired. Uh, get out there and train smartly. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy your training. Enjoy the rest of your day, people. Ryan, once again, thank you for making the time to sit and speak with me today, buddy. I thank yeah. you so much. And have yourself, you. Uh, you and Lindsay, a, a good day. And yeah. hopefully I get to have you on soon next year. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Take care, buddy. Yeah, yeah it's been a pleasure. All right.